Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. A busy one for Premier David Eby. He's mm-hmm. making an announcement right now, right? As What's we going speak, on? you heard Janet Brown off the top of the news talk about a, a $440 million a new BC cancer plan. Um $90 million a year for the next three years, plus $170 million one-time funding that comes out of that surplus we talked about, that $6 yeah. billion surplus that gets spent, has to be spent by March 31st. Um, some pretty ambitious goals to eliminate cervical cancer. Eliminate which, is, which apparently is a, a, a goal set by the World Health Organization huh. as the number one cancer to defeat. But um, also a reminder in the presentation we got, the technical briefing got today, 30,000 British Columbians a year get cancer. Oh. One in two people will experience will have a cancer episode at some point in their life, and that number of thirty thousand is going to increase to forty thousand because our population is aging. The boomer generation is getting older, so people hit seventy-five, the cancer rates go up significantly. So, a not insignificant investment uh, on that front. Uh, new cancer centers in Nanaimo, Kamloops, and Kelowna, I believe. Um, more, uh, the goal is to reduce wait times, increase access. So all laid out as we speak right now, David, Premier David, even Health Minister Adrian Dix holding a news conference in Vancouver. Okay. Lots of pressure on the government on this, on this file. And I'll be speaking to the president of the doctors of BC later on the show mm-hmm. today. And I'm sure we're going to cover that. Also the head of the chamber of, or the board of trade in Surrey, uh, saying that they're underserved in Surrey. They don't have enough hospital beds. They don't have enough mm-hmm. cancer treatment. So, you know, there we're hearing about waiting times now, even for cancer care, for people on waiting lists for well, cancer you know, care. So lots of pressure. One of the questions that came up in the briefing for Minister Dix is why BC was sort of the gold standard for cancer treatment for a number of years. Uh, why is that not no longer the case? He puts the blame on he what he says was ten years of underfunding. Let me guess. So I was going to say the liberals yeah, blame exactly. the liberals. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but one of the things, quite apart from all that, one of the things that happened in the pandemic is that a number of people. Many people didn't access the healthcare system. They stayed home. And so they did not get early diagnosis of their cancer um, situations. And as a result, a number of people got into the system late and their cancer was not detected early. And that's why we're seeing some bad outcomes right now. Okay. We'll talk more about that later on the show. Significant anniversary here. It's 100 days of the David Eby government. Is that today? No, it's tomorrow. Today or tomorrow. Maybe it's day 99. Whatever. It's coming to an end. Yeah. 100 (laughs) days. Why do they always measure this 100-day thing? Where did that come from? Yeah. I think it goes back to John F. Kennedy, I think, was one of the first administrations to set 100 days of... uh, of action, but nevertheless, I mean, he's certainly um, announced a lot of things. And one of the liberal criticisms is even you're announcing things, yeah. But when are you going to actually do it? Yeah, you know. And it's a sort of a mixed bag there. But if you look at has it been successful? The last two polls, Research Co and Leger last week, were pretty solid polls for David Eby and the NDP. So it's been politically successful. 
I think so, or at least it hasn't been unsuccessful. Yeah. But that's still, uh, you know, the proof's going to be come the next election, which I still think is a year and a half away. But um, we shall see. But right now, I think he's been out there. It's interesting. He puts himself in every announcement. Today's a health care announcement. Yeah. If John Horgan was the premier, uh, Adrian Nix would be there by himself or with a, a couple of stakeholders. But David Eby now is part of every major announcement. Um, because I think part of this is to establish that he there's a new sheriff in town. Yeah, right. New guy in charge. And he's not as well known as John Horgan was. So he has to get his profile up. But again, that research cold poll last week was pretty heartening for him where he outpolls Kevin Falcon on every single issue in terms hmm. of approval ratings. Okay, speaking of liberal leader Kevin Falcon, so let's listen to an exchange in the legislature yesterday. So you'll hear Falcon here, and this is on the 100-day point of this new government. Going after the Premier, the answer comes from Ravi Kalon for the government. Have a listen to this exchange. We've now witnessed 100 days of hot air, and the question of the Premier is this. When will his rhetoric and empty promises start matching the results? Of course, he leaves out uh, many uh, important facts. Uh, strongest economy in the country. He forgot to mention that in his Okay, so he says BC has the strongest economy in the country. I was taking a look at some stats scan da- data on that. It shows uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan economy, you know, doing per- outperforming BC. But, you know, yeah, every- everyone will claim they've got the strongest economy, yeah, I think, can, at some point. But uh, You can use statistics to back up pretty well anything. Yeah. But it's interesting, Kalon, every Kalon has emerged as the main... Um, taking the, the role of uh, Mike Farnworth, who used to call the janitor, the cleanup guy. Uh-huh. where he takes on um, any question that is deemed to be a political um, point that the government wants to make. Kalon's now the guy who stands up and challenges uh, the Liberals. But Falcon's main point, again, you make announcements, where are the results? Yeah. And I think that's going to be a, a pretty recurring theme going forward. And we've asked David Eby this before when he makes some of these announcements. What, is, what are the measuring sticks here? What are, how do we know whether this has been successful or not? And sometimes been a little elusive in the answer. Yeah, I mean, this is a government that has certainly ramped up its communications. They hold a lot of news conferences. Once Another one again today. Uh, they started to advertise on, you mm-hmm. know, people People may have heard the, the ad running on this show going on about David Eby's 100 Days of Accomplishments. And, and when I first heard that ad, uh, what I mentioned to this this to you yesterday, I thought, that's got to be an NDP party ad. It's so partisan. Uh, that can't be taxpayers' money paying for that ad. And then when I checked on it, lo and behold, it was taxpayers' money. It came out of the NDP government caucus. You might hear, you'll probably hear that ad play on the show at some point today. Not that we're so, against advertising on any. No, I, sure, we'll take your ads. We'll take the <laughs> we'll money. Take your money. But uh, I asked you know, some MLAs. That, that, yesterday. The NDP should pay for that, not taxpayers. I jokingly asked some NDP MLAs yesterday that if they're reaching into their own wallets to pay for this, how much did you? Everybody kick in fifty bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. You know, and those taxpayers kick it in because this. They, now they always say, "Well, this comes out of the caucus budget, so you're allowed to do kind of partisan political activity." Well, one of the, the one, one of the pushbacks I got from an MLA says, "What's the difference between the householder you get in in the mail through the mail slot, which is the monthly or semi monthly?" Here's the update from your MLA, from your MLA, yeah, which your is MP. basically partisan advertising. It yeah. doesn't talk about bad things. It it just basically crows about everything the government's doing. So yeah. we're taking the householder and turn it into a radio ad. Okay, uh, let's finish up with. 
four-day work week. Now, no, I, sp- I, I spoke to Sonia Furstino, leader of the BC Green Party. She got a lot of attention yesterday with this idea. So the proposal is to do a pilot project in British Columbia. You would provide a tax incentive. So if you're a company and you go to a four-day work week for your employees, you would get some sort of tax break. Sonia's been pushing this for a while. Um, hasn't got a lot of traction. But uh, one thing that's emerged in the pandemic is things that were never considered realistic before or possible are suddenly possible and are actually happening. So how many people years ago foresaw the thousands of people who now work from home? The B.C. government now has a policy. If you want to work from home, if it's in certain areas, it's you can work from home. That was just off the table uh, a number of years ago. So you have to wonder... Now, I wouldn't push the four-day work week off the table yeah. as, as something that could be implemented because, again, the pandemic has taught us so many things that were never even considered before are now a reality. Well, let's have a listen to a four-day work week supporter. This is Joe O'Connor. He's with the Work Time Reduction Center of Excellence. He was a guest on a previous show, and here how he, here's how he pitches the four-day work week. The four-day week is something that is so life-changing and so transformative for employees that it really leads to people being very focused and very motivated in delivering the goals and the targets of the company. The people who support it actually say that you get more productivity if people work less. Uh, and I'm like, if that was true, how come every company in, in the economy is not, didn't do it years ago? I, I was telling you off air, the very first job I had as a newspaper reporter is with a little paper in Ontario called the Brantford Expositor. And the very first byline news story I ever had in my entire journal- journalism career was about the four-day work week because the local labor council was so trying. That was so what? this has been 40 years. Was that like 60 years ago? This is like well, 40 years ago. Not 60. So this has been going on for a long time <laughs> and it's never, you know. But it- again, um, working from home, I remember working at the Vancouver Sun in the 90s and suddenly some people were allowed to work from home. That was seemed to be radical. Like, wow, revolutionary is this? Uh. Uh, it had mixed success. But it was tried then, but that was a long time ago. Um, but now the government, now what policies you want work from home. And that's what happened in the pandemic. It changed the working environment for so many people, which is why I wouldn't rule out a, a four-day work week. Not mandatory. But now it's a four-day work week that Sonny's talking I can't remember. Is it still predicated on the 40-hour week? No, no. And she's not talking about a compressed work week. Mm-hmm. She's talking about give people now like a 30 two-hour work week now. Well, the challenge in that is uh, people who are paid by the hour aren't (laughs) going to like that uh, unless their hourly wages. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Got open phone lines right now. If you call now, you're going to get through. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Susan in North Vancouver. Hi, Susan. Go ahead. Hi, I've been retired now for 13 years, but I work for a municipal government, and we had a four-day work week, and it was fantastic. It wasn't a long, a huge long day. It was an 8.33-hour day, which was, I don't know, we had a 35-hour week, so it was almost 35 hours. But we made up the rest of the time during the year if there was a stat 
your day off, whether it be a Friday or a Monday, you took the stat that week, and that was your day off. So you worked only four days a week, but you you worked a little longer day, though, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, thank you. That was terrific. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't love it? I mean, if if you have no reduction in pay, you know, work a little longer every day, I think a lot of people would. uh, See, but that's what they call a compressed work week, which Mm -hmm. is different from the four day work week that Furstin was talking about. Like, he's talking about people actually working less. Well, again, no one wants to cut in pay. Well, she's saying, no, you get your full pay, but for working less. That's the deal. Well, we'll see how that gets implemented in the work site. There's a lot of uh, having worked in a mill, for example. I don't see how that would work. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're doing like piecework, you know, mm-hmm. if your job is to stamp out widgets on an assembly line, how are you supposed or to? Or if you're on commission. Yeah. I mean, how are you supposed to, or, you know, I had guys call in earlier saying they're running like construction companies. Like, how is that supposed to work? But again, work, like what? I said, I think a lot of uh, workplace environments have changed some in some places permanently as a result of the pandemic. Sure. I mean, like you said, because people were working at home more, now you're saying that it's become more, governments are more open to these types of... I think employers and employees are more willing to to consider alternatives to the traditional five-day-a-week, 40-hour work week. Yeah. You know, I think you're going to see some changes on that. Corey and Langley. Hi, Corey. Go ahead. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm actually calling. I'm the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce out here, and we have some, we'd have a thought on that four-day work week for sure here. I think you're right. Employers are more than ever interested in flexibility and finding ways of supporting employees. But good Lord, let them, let them sort that out. If a business wants to work open three days a week, they can open three days yeah. a week. If they want to open mm-hmm. seven, they can open seven. But to suggest that it needs to be mandated or, or we're now going to change it to a 32-hour work week, I just think that's a bridge too far. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be mandated, but I think companies are... I mean, incentivized. This is the idea, is to give you a tax break. A tax break. It would have to be a pretty significant tax break. To, if you look at some, a company with a large payroll to suddenly reduce to four days a week and have, this, have the pay intact, yeah, that's a pretty big tax cut. Yeah. Let's go to Jack and Burnaby. Hi, Jack. Go ahead. Jack, talk to me here. Hello. Go ahead. Hi, Jack. Oh, hi. All right. You, you snooze, you lose, Jack. <laughs> Chris in Penticton. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. Hi. I uh, love your program. I love your programmers and everything else. Uh, anyways, I was a scheduler for transit uh, in, in, in Lower Mainland for over 10 years. But uh, actually, what I like to say is that what they should do is do a controlled study. Find three or four companies diverse in what they do. Uh, that are looking at trying to bring in a four-day work week at 32 hours being paid for 40, and you know get real important stuff like how many new employees did they have to hire? Was there an offset with medical people being sick? Was productivity increased? These are real critical things. To just throw it out there, we aren't going to get the real <clears throat> information. I think it should be a controlled study. Okay. Well, thank you. Well. Well, as the caller's right. You need you need um, a robust uh, set of data collection here to show exactly how this would work. Well, that's part of the program that the Greens have, have proposed here, because what they've said is, okay, if you qualify for this and you, you get the tax break, okay, you're, part of the deal is you have to report back to government all the statistics and data that the caller just described. So that's what they're saying. Like, you know, you don't just throw it out, give people a tax break. No, you collect the data so we find out if it worked or not. Well, as we've right. seen with um, some of the programs that flow from the pandemic, in terms of tax breaks and rebates, how complicated that is and how time-consuming it is 
for governments to start getting their heads around producing something like that, I'd, when it comes to the tax stuff, I think that's something that's going to be much harder to accomplish other than just companies willingly trying to do it on their own. Maybe you got to set up a big bureaucracy, Department wow. of the Four Day Work Week, with all kinds <laughs> the of ministry highly of the paid four staff. day. Yeah. I have a minister for Four Day Work Week. I know. I know, because the other thing I asked first to know about this was, well, if you're giving away tax breaks, you're cutting revenue to government, right? Mm -hmm. And she said, no, actually, you're going to save money on this because people won't get sick as much, so there'll be less stress on the healthcare system. Seems a bit of an interesting argument. See where it goes. (laughs) We'll see. Thanks a lot for coming in. All right. Great weekend.